passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When Ryan when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the 18. That makes sense that these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade take the mic. 25 free episodes of Rewind Away. Way, what have you done? This is an unbelievable deal. I can't believe it. Oh, Jesus. I hit the, yeah, I hit the button by accident and released the first 25 editions of Rewind Away out there. I, 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 was, sipping my, I was sipping my tea and my, my laptop's gone. I, I just choked up my tea. I was like, what? <laughs> They're out. <laughs> They're free. 25 episodes. I know, I know. Go I, get them now. Yeah, we decided to give away the first 25 editions of Rewind Away, which is, of course, our retro wrestling review podcast that is typically behind our paywall on Patreon. But, you know, we're in a position right now where I think everybody could use a bit of distraction. So what better way than to relive some of these classic shows, including uh, WrestleMania 18, including uh, Survivor Series 1996 featuring Bret Hart versus Steve Austin. Uh, We did an episode that I really enjoyed about being the elite uh, really, 25 episodes to really keep you company. If you need that extra content, you can just go to postwrestling.com and you will find a post right now labeled giveaway, G-I-V-E-A-W-A-I. Ha ha ha. And you can download all those shows. You know, as someone that has just slowly learned the art of Photoshop that will spend, you know, 15 minutes making some of those graphics that I'm tasked with, I marveled at, at your graphic way. I mean, I was like, there must be a, a trick to this thing. But nonetheless, it looked... Uh, I had to take a calculator out, actually. Are you just, kidding? Yeah, well, just uh, because, like, uh, 25, thankfully, like, divides really nicely. Yeah, Like, I can keep the aspect ratio. People have no idea what we're even talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about, but I'm curious. So, I mean, we're giving out like the first 25 Rwanda ways. And so to put the graphic together, I use the first 25 images. Uh, I basically compiling them into one big image. And thankfully, 25 is a, a, a square number, I guess, that works out perfectly to fit the same aspect ratio that the thumbnails were originally in. Some people will know what I'm talking about. So could there have been a... Just a frustration level that you hit today and suddenly it's like 50 would have been released or or five? I don't think 50 would have worked as no, well. You would have gone lower. So thank Waze Calculator for bringing you all these. Uh, that's that's a year of Rewind Away that's have, out there. It would have to be a square number. Oh, okay. Well, then you could uh, go with... Uh, Thir- 36. 36 would be one. Yeah. You, could go, you could go a nice uh, 48. Is that a square number? Could have done that. Is it? Yeah, I think so. 
No, it's not. 49. 64. 49. 60, 49, yeah. Oh, God. It's been a long time. I had, Dude, I have not done square roots in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, that's great. Uh, I, I'm getting all these thank yous. Thank way. <laughs> I had nothing to do with this. We you suggested this, and I, I said, that's a great idea. You recorded the shows. I mean, so that that's plenty. And, you know, of course, we have to thank the patrons, of, of course, for also choosing the shows and allowing us to record so much over the past couple of years in the first place. So uh, they're to thank as much as uh, we are. Certainly. Yes, it's a, a small gesture from us that uh, can keep you busy with uh, some shows. And I actually clicked on our very first show, the Survivor Series 2005, mm-hmm. and I found out how I put together the theme song at the beginning. I totally forgotten about this. I learned things about myself. So oh. that's that's the best part of these shows. It's learning about yourself. Sometimes I, I, I shudder to think what we might have said. About a year and a half ago. Certainly, this applies to shows that we've done 10 years ago. But, um, you know anyway. what got me down listening to that show? What? I'm listening to it. And this was when we were recording the shows at your house. Yes. And I was explaining how I would come to your house and I'd stop off at the local Tim Hortons there. And it was where everybody, all of the people in your neighborhood, seemed to congregate and just hang out there all day. And it got me a little down thinking about that that Tim Hortons is probably empty at the moment. Oh, yeah. That's not happening right now. That was like the central meeting spot for like all these people. It just felt like, you know, people just they'd come, they drink coffee for three hours and just sit and chat with all their friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It became my my life goal. It's like, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to be when I'm like 70. Just go sit with people and drink coffee. That's it. Well, you could do that. I don't know how much the... uh... The people who operate that Tim Hortons liked it, but um, listen, loitering is another word for bonding. Does bonding pay the bills? It's not like they were empty-handed. They're they were getting coffee refills. It's not like they just got yes, one. And I know. well, I, I was not. I was there for ten-minute intervals, so I can't really assess the day's productivity. But I mean, come on, you are you're, you're fostering a community, but nonetheless. Yeah, I think they I think they can afford it. They're doing pretty well, Tim Hortons. Okay. Um more announcements. Oh. Sorry, I I'm totally discombobulated. What what else would you like to announce right now? Okay, so Wei and I are planning to do a special supersized edition of the Cafe Hangout. You know, typically we go like an hour or so. So I'm dubbing this Cafe Hangout on Thursday, April the 2nd. It's a mega edition of the Cafe Hangout. Are you ready for this way? Yeah. Too too big for one hour. Oh. Light. Nice. I like it. Because it'll probably be two hours. <laughs> okay. Cool. Brilliant. And, and we're going to do it in two separate empty venues from your home and, and my office. I like it. I like it. So what is the date? What is it called? Give us all for- the details, John. Thursday, April 2nd, everybody. Mark it down on your calendar. It's the supersized edition of the Cafe Hangout. And we are going to be joined by many of your favorite post-wrestling personalities. Yeah, this is essentially, this was to be our WrestleMania Q&A. We're not going to be able to do that live in Tampa, of course, this year. So we decided to just do it from our places, from our house. So this will be, you know, in the time slot of the usual Cafe Hangout, but... We'll be opening up for phone calls the whole time, taking your calls about anything, 
if you were going to be there in Tampa uh, it, to ask us that very specific question, but was disappointed you wouldn't get a chance to, well, now's your chance. And if even if you weren't going to be in Tampa, now's your chance to ask us that very special question as well. John Pollock, like, you know, what's, what's your favorite brand of water? Um, what did you always want to be when you grew up? What's your favorite wrestling move? You know, <laughs> questions like that, that. Last question is banned. Yeah. Uh, but, so but anyway. if you want to find out about my love of Evian, then by all means. Evian's uh, a good one. Yeah. Call in that day. So uh, how can people listen to the show way? Well, they'll Live. be able to listen to, as usual, from uh, YouTube.com slash Post Wrestling. Unlike the usual Cafe Hound, this will be open to everybody. So uh, what did we just decide? Why don't we say, um, can we do 2 p.m. instead of 3? 2 p.m. Eastern, everybody. It's the supersized edition of the Cafe Hangout. 2 p.m. Eastern to 4 p.m. Yeah, so we'll we'll do it then. Uh, yeah, YouTube.com slash Post Wrestling. I'll also just feed in, in the, all this information everywhere else so people can, can find it. And uh, in addition to that, we'll be selling, uh, as many of you have seen, our Live in Tampa t-shirts, which, of course aren't so relevant anymore however we've updated the graphic to make it a little bit more relevant which we will debut very soon but all proceeds from the t-shirts will be going to a couple of charities that we personally selected uh that'll benefit what's going on right now um so a couple we've chosen i think we'll we'll announce a, a little bit later probably during the show but um all proceeds from that i'll also be trying to set up super chats within the youtube chat room so anybody who uh wants to have your question read immediately. You can donate like a dollar or something and all proceeds will go directly to uh, those services. So uh, something, you know, we we wanted to do anyway. And of course, our friend Robert Pearson was a huge help in not just setting up our live show up, but because we can't do that now, he's been a hu huge help in setting this one up as well. Um, you know, we're not making any money at all from these and we don't really care about that. It's It's more about just fostering the community and to give something back to people who need it right now. So there you go, everybody. Uh, alternate slogan options. Too big for one hour, and we're not making any money off this. So you can uh, front and back. That can go as the slogans for you the know Super Cafe be, Hangout. You'd be a great marketing manager. That's what I'm here for. All right. I'm looking forward to that. Should be a lot of fun. So Thursday, April 2nd, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll be going live. However, this week, we have lots of shows coming your way. Um, a few mentions about... Uh, some notable shows this week. Tuesday evening, we'll have the Ask Away Mailbag Show, our monthly Q&A style show. So if you want to get your questions in, forum.postwrestling.com. And that will be going up Tuesday evening? Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, some of these questions I think will be there from like a month ago. And I just, I'm, I, I look forward to seeing how much the world has changed in a month. You know, should, should we just go with answers to fit the time period? Like, how <laughs> will the crowd react to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania if he wins the title? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, or let's fun. just answer them how we feel that will happen now. Sure. Yeah. Who will win the NBA playoffs? Yeah. Who are you going to the opening day Jays game? Yeah. Who stands the best chance of uh, dominating the Olympics this year? How many concerts are you hoping to hit this summer? Yes. Oh, let's stop. Let's stop because there's just kind it's of depressing. Just, I know it's there's nothing on Wednesday. Uh, this will be up uh, first thing Wednesday morning. Uh, my chat with Jeff Merrick. The two of us are going to be discussing the dark side of the ring episode on Chris Benoit that premieres on Tuesday night, 
9 p.m. Eastern time on Vice TV. So I'm looking forward to having Jeff on the show. And uh, for, for those unfamiliar, uh, Jeff Merrick, the founder and co-host of Live Audio Wrestling, he had a, a very close relationship with Chris Benoit throughout the years, not just as someone that, that covered him, but also uh, worked with Chris on his website that Live Audio Wrestling ran and you know, was a very close friend of Chris Benoit. So uh, that will be coming out Wednesday morning, and I think you'll get a, a lot of insight into Chris through Jeff's relationship with him and Jeff's own thoughts on the documentary that he has seen. So we'll be chatting about that on, on Wednesday, and we definitely have to find a show way for – because I definitely want to chat about the documentary with you as well. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm sure at some point. I, I've seen the first hour. Uh, I was able to catch a Daily Motion link. It, unfortunately, the first hour is not available in Canada, but one of the producers actually tweeted out a Daily, <laughs> daily Motion link out there, which I don't know how, how, how much Vice likes likes that. But, I mean, he was the producer. He put it out, so I'm sure it's fine. That and, definitely gives you the okay. Yeah. Um, and, man, that, like, it is incredibly emotional, and, and it's it, it's very gripping. Um, but well worth at least the first hour. I can't really speak for the second. You can, John, but at least that, like, from what I saw, really well worth the watch. Yeah, I think I think we'll definitely be talking about it a lot th- this coming week. It's a very emotional watch. Uh, both both hours. I think in the in the second there is there's, there's quite a lot in in the second hour. So I'll wait, I'll wait for everybody to see it on Tuesday night, and then you can look forward to the interview with Jeff Merrick Wednesday morning. Then Wednesday night, Way and Ari back with uh, Rewind to Dynamite. Braden and Davey have up next. And I also want to make mention that Davey and WH Park are going to be doing a bonus show on the Up Next Patreon feed, uh, reviewing Stardom's Cinderella tournament. So if you want to go give them a follow, patreon.com slash up next, you can catch that show. Uh, because WH Park coming off, um, to me, his Austin 316 moment on Sunday show with his rundown of Rob Gronkowski's SmackDown debut. Yes, yes. Um, you know, WH, I feel like we should get WH to just start doing Raw and SmackDown reviews because I think he is at his best when he's watching wrestling that he does not like. You know what I want? WH Park Raw reviews, but in 60 seconds. Sure, yeah. I think he could summarize the entire show <laughs> in 60 seconds. It'd be wonderful. Um and then just uh, looking ahead to uh, the weekend, WH Park will be joined by Alan Forel. They're going to be chatting about Jushin Thunder Liger and Minoru Tanaka against Suyoshi Kikuchi and Yoshinobu Kanemaru from April of 2002 for NOAA. And yes, we won't yeah. go through everything, but there's a lot of shows this week. And on the cafe feed right now, if you're a Patreon patron, we've got our latest edition, The Return of the Double Shot. Where, where John and I just reviewed the FCW documentary, which is actually available for free to view right now on WWE Network, as well the Broken Skull Sessions with Bret Hart and Steve Austin, which is also available for free to view. And also, John and I talk about the social distance rules match that just took place in GCW between Jimmy Lloyd and Joey Janela. It was, it, it was a lot of fun talking about in-depth about some of these topics that we typically won't have time to talk about on a show like this. So if you're a patron, welcome back to Double Shot. Yes, and we'll be doing that for, for the time being. So postwrestlingcafe.com is where you can sign up for the cafe, get all of these bonus shows. That includes Rewind to SmackDown and multiple other shows, The Double Shot and more to come. So look forward to that. Let's transition into the news, unless there's anything else you wanted to uh, get to. Just the news. Let's go. All right. 
WWE has added more matches to WrestleMania 36. We'll kind of get into them into the uh, review of Raw. But now at last checkway, we've got 13 matches. And they have not announced yet which are going to be night one and which are night two. Uh, But some of the additions uh, that we heard today, the Street Profits against Andrade and Angel Garza for the Raw tag titles, Aleister Black versus Bobby Lashley, Elias versus King Corbin was officially announced, and they have attached uh, Edge and Orton that we all knew was happening, the last man standing match that was made official on Raw. And The Undertaker, AJ Styles, will now be a Boneyard match. A Boneyard match, yeah. Um, What is a Boneyard? I mean, it's a... Like, essentially, we're getting a Graveyard match. It sounds like they don't want to say Graveyard. Do they feel that maybe that's kind of insensitive in this time frame? See, I'm to looking be- up I'm I'm trying to look up what boneyard is and all I'm seeing is like an aircraft like landing. Like it's like a bone a boneyard I think is for planes. Right? Aircraft boneyard is a storage well, that- area for aircraft that are retired from service. I mean that doesn't sound very ghoulish at all. They said AJ said uh, it's going to be your style of match. Yeah. So I re- I really feel this is going to be done in like some kind of graveyard setting. Like that kind of sounds like what this is going to be and it would not surprise me that they didn't want to advertise something as graveyard. Yet they would freely go ahead to do a match in a graveyard. I mean, we'll see. I I don't know what the setting is. I have a hard time imagining them if anything, it should be like a, a match at a zoo right now. I don't think anybody has ever called a cemetery a boneyard. <laughs> I mean, I mean, when you break down a graveyard, like it's it's literal. Uh, it's bones. It yes, is. I understand. But a but a boneyard is something completely different. I'm telling you right now, John. Go Google image search boneyard. You will not. See I, I'm not. Image. I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying, like this is like presented as the Undertaker's style of match, and I don't equate airplane landings with the Undertaker. <laughs> Other than I'm worried Dude. about this match nosediving because I don't know if this is going to be the best presentation. Yeah, man. Um, you know, interesting choice of words. I've never seen a Boneyard match before, um, but let's see what they create. The WWE Network, they have uh, made available quite a lot of their content, and we can... Uh, Look at some of it here of what they're making available. So uh, this is free to everybody that they've essentially unlocked. Every WrestleMania, every Royal Rumble, every Survivor Series, every SummerSlam. In addition to that, uh, NXT TakeOvers, NXT UK TakeOver, all the Austin interviews, the Ruthless Aggression Series, the Monday Night War Series, recent episodes of Raw and SmackDown, WWE Untold, the FCW documentary, and all the episodes of 24. So that's a, that's a sizable amount that they are making available for everybody. It's pretty much all the good stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're not giving you um, – uh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to be sarcastic. No, seriously. Like all, all the stuff that I would go back and rewatch, I feel – I mean, I'm sure there's like, you know, um, little bits here and there that, that you might want to go and search out. But, I mean, between all the takeovers to even all the WrestleManias and all the Royal Rumbles plus like – Ruthless aggression, you know, very relevant and very new. The FCW doc, like a lot of really good stuff out there. So it's a it's a good time to stay in and watch wrestling. 
I mean, and it's also something I think that it's, you know, it's pe- people that maybe are not sampling the network. They have this open door policy to kind of go check this stuff out. It might convert some people as well. I believe you do have to sign up for an account. You know, um, you don't have to pay for it, but you do have right. to sign up for an account. So maybe, I, I mean, I wonder if, if that'll be included in their subscription numbers at all. Uh, that's an interesting question, right? Because if you do need an account, if there's, well, they always have the breakdown of like free subscribers, ones that have like the free trial, but I don't know if this would necessarily. Um, so you don't even have to put in a credit card though. Like I, you just have to like sign up for, with your email and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I, I think it's a really nice gesture on their part to mm-hmm. make all this stuff available at, at the at this time. So um, AEW, oh, let's uh, first just finish up on WWE. SmackDown on Friday night uh, did a very good number. They did 2,569,000 viewers. It was their second best number this year and fifth highest since they launched on Fox last October. It was also up 4% from last week. So I, I'm sure that the... You know, just given the um, demand for uh, wrestling, for live entertainment, maybe that plays some factor. But, mm-hmm. you know, this this could be a host of factors as well. Did Rob Gronkowski lead to some added interest, p- perhaps? Um, I don't know how much stock you put into any of these numbers right now, other than this was up over last week, which had the sa- same set of circumstances. Right, yeah. Um I think it's such a different world that it's kind of tough to specifically say maybe what what was really the case. I mean, I certainly feel like the less people going out on a Friday night means more people at home watching TV and sampling something like this. So they you know. they also relied on more empty arena wrestling on that episode of SmackDown. Like we got the two longer tag matches on the show, as opposed to the week prior. Well, the week prior, they re-aired the entire Elimination Chamber. What did they re-air on SmackDown? They re-aired something, but it was, um, I can't remember. You did the show with Mike, so I kind of forget, actually. No, this past Friday, you and I did the show. Oh, this past Friday. Yeah. Uh, Was it Cena? What? Cena Wyatt? Oh, that's what they aired. Cena and and Bray Wyatt, they aired. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, it was a good number for for SmackDown, and we'll see what the... um, Trends continue uh, leading into WrestleMania for these particular shows. AEW has had to move around uh, a bunch of dates. This was inevitable. We knew that they would have to move these shows. So uh, coming up uh, April 22nd, they've moved uh, their Philadelphia date to July 29th. The following week, Houston has now been moved to November 4th. May 6th in New Orleans has been moved to December 2nd, and May 13th in Albuquerque, New Mexico has been moved to December 30th. They're just categorizing all of these dates as being relocated, which I think everyone is assuming that means Daly's place for the foreseeable future, including this Wednesday, where they'll be back there. Yeah, I think to be expected, you know, um, I expect a lot more announcements to come in the future. This Wednesday's Dynamite, they've announced uh, Sammy Guevara challenging Kenny Omega for the uh, Mega Heavyweight Championship of AAA. Uh, Cody is going to be taking on Jimmy Havoc, but they also did an announcement tonight where Cody said he's going to be joining Tony Schiavone for commentary on Dynamite. And I don't know what that means, if that means for the entire show, if it means Jim Ross is not going to be there. Um, or if it's just going to be a portion of the show that Cody's out there because he is advertised for that match with Jimmy Havoc as well. But um, it looks like the Lumberjack match is not happening. 
And I don't know what the state is of that parking lot brawl that they were teasing. I'm really happy to hear that. I mean, I think it had to have been a bit of a, I don't know, popular criticism. I mean, on our podcast, it kind of became a bit of a joke when the announcement of the Lumberjack match um, came came up. And I, I really do wonder how much of any of the criticisms they might have heard over the past week they took to heart with that, a change to that match. Um, the an absence of somebody like a Jim Ross would be very curious to me as well because that I think certainly would was 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 a point of contention for you and I the fact that you know uh, older members of the staff such as a Jim Ross or uh, uh, Jake Roberts or Tully Blanchard were making the trip down to these shows to not necessarily I mean in the case of like Jake or or Tully not even necessarily there to provide that much um, and you know if if that's the case really it's not worth the risk at all even if they were if they, even if they did have a big role I don't think it's worth the risk not in a time when you could do Skype interviews any you know with anybody. Um, you know, Jim Ross certainly adds a whole lot to the broadcast, but I mean, I feel like we're in a position right now where I think they have more than enough manpower to do without the risk involved. Yeah, I think that you can watch that dynamite. And while a lot of people can look at like the actual substance of the show is very positive. You know, I, I was concerned by by several points of that that show that I hope we see differences. If you are going ahead with these shows now that um I think increasingly you have to look at it with kind of a, you know, a cautionary eye, I would say, for all of these shows that are running at this time. But to be honest, I I don't think there would be much complaining if AEW shelved dark for these for these weeks. I don't. It's not at all. Like, I understand, like, they want to pro- provide dynamite for their broadcast partner. But YouTube, that's. To me, it's just it's excess stuff. Like I don't really understand why WWE is um, making sure that they're doing two hundred five live every week. Um, it's to me, what is the absolute necessity that we need to tape, and that would be my priority, not um, shoulder programming that we're not even that's not even airing anywhere beyond YouTube. I, I don't think you would have any people upset about that. I think every individual that you have enter that building is an added risk. And certainly that risk extends when you have them perform in a ring, especially in a multi-man situation. Every single person that goes into that ring to sweat, to to just even fucking breathe, or in the case of Cedric Alexander, release like a, uh, like a lake of, of spit or snot or whatever he had coming out of his mouth in his match tonight. Every person who ends, ends up in that ring is an added level of risk. And I'm, I, you know, I'm certainly of the position that these shows don't necessarily have to have matches wall to wall like we've seen on Raw and SmackDown. To me, I think these shows haven't really been that much worse because they've aired old matches. Um, I, there's I, I, six. There's six matches on Dark tomorrow. No, I know they taped the whole lot last week. Um, so I don't know what they were really like. They were almost taping more than usual, which makes me wonder what the the idea was behind that. Um, but you know, they're it, it's to me a little disappointing that they were just for dark. But at the same time, I, I mean, who knows what their mentality is? Maybe they just wanted to do more. Tony Khan, I believe, has um, said that, you know, these upcoming tapings will have a lot more unknown talent. And at least part of his just justification is to continue to provide work for some of this in, independent talent who don't really have other means. And, uh, and are probably Florida based, you would think. Like, let's yeah. let's let's mitigate travel. I, I applaud them for you know trying to uh, eliminate that. Like the the idea of people getting on planes now, it's just not to me um, 
something you should be encouraging. It's difficult, first of all, to to negotiate. And yeah, it's it's another added level of risk. And I think we saw Raw employ that tonight as well. Uh, so just a few more updates on some other companies. Uh, New Japan was the one we were all watching of what was their next move going to be. That came down on Monday morning. They have canceled Sakura Genesis, which was the Sumo Hall show on March 31st. They've also canceled the first show on their Road to Dontaku tour, which was set for April the 11th. So those are the the first two cancellations, obviously the Sumo Hall one being the big one. Were you surprised at all, given that we have started to see um, you know, certain Japanese companies, A, that have continued to run in all of this, and other ones that are slowly um, letting fans back? Like All Japan had a show today. Stardom has a show tomorrow. Uh, were you surprised at all this that New Japan is taking the more conservative approach. Um, a little bit, but you know, once you really start thinking about it, not so much. I mean, as you and WH talked about on on post Perez, um, Sumo Hall is much bigger than mm-hmm. any of these other venues, and you know, a congregation of how many people are we talking at Sumo Hall, John? Like thirty, twenty? Uh, not not that big. I mean, Sumo Hall is going to fit like eight thousand or so. But it, oh, like right. that's that's a sizable crowd, like it's compared to like Corican. It's way bigger yeah. than I would feel comfortable in. I wouldn't feel uncomfortable in a room of of twenty people right now. So, um, you know, I I, I am personally, mm, I don't know how much of this is driven by you know a feeling of of things being safe versus a need to run shows, and that's what concerns me. If you know companies, um, are rushing to go back to do shows because financially they're bleeding. Um, in the case of stardom owned by bougie road, I mean, that certainly feels like it's less of a concern yet, you know, a decision to go ahead with the shows anyway. I, I, it, it's a little confusing. I think it sends mixed messages when like new Japan doesn't feel safe enough to house, you know, a show like, like, uh, like Sakura Genesis. How, how big of an arena is the road Two show? I mean, that would have been small. It was in like a, a much smaller city, but I mean, Sumo Hall, like I, I think Sumo Hall tops out at like eleven thousand or so. You you would not be, I mean, to me it would be a very small crowd that would have been showing up at at Sumo Hall for this show if you had uh, run this. But still, like to me, I'm I am not criticizing this decision in the least. I would much rather a promotion be cautious rather than jumping in there too soon. And I, I really worry that there's already you're seeing that, and, and Japan's like several weeks ahead of us, but. People are, you know, I think at the point now where they're getting antsy and they they want to just be getting back to everything. And I, I would we need to really exercise patience at this point. It's imperative. Absolutely, and we should also mention, of course, a t- kind of attached to really anything going on in Japan. It's the fact that the Olympics were postponed as of today. So yeah, so so Dick Pound, who has been a longtime member of the IOC stated that and then in a follow-up interview like he's not the head of the ioc and the ioc has not confirmed that yet and he kind of went on he went on um on uh rogers sportsnet today and was stating well if you if you read the tea leaves like that's where things are going here and stuff so it hasn't been an official announcement but it's i I think everybody is bracing for that but there is like that that's a massive um decision to be made uh with that proclamation but like like dick pound is like a significant figure here but it was kind of strange that he was speaking um i don't know if he was necessarily speaking on behalf of the ioc when he made that announcement so there was some a bit of confusion about all of that today but i 
Like, I can't fathom the Olympics happening at all. I can't either. And, you know, what concerns me is just, like, maybe the ripple effect of, like, you know, Japan, like, forcefully wanting to go on with the Olympics. How much of the effect that might have on on other facets of, of its society, um, you know, to, to have to, like... <laughs> To look towards holding an Olympics, you have to kind of show your public that everything is safe and everything is fine. And, you know, I I, I can't really speak for, for Japan because I don't live there, but I certainly have a lot more doubt of, like, how any government really has been handling any of this. So I, I just hope people aren't rushing back to the public to, to, to normal life when, when it's not yet time, ready ready for it. I, I don't know how any any country can feel safe sending their athletes to uh, uh, to an Olympics at, at this point. We're talking about July. I mean, it's – I just think – Canada like, pulled out. Canada pulled out, and I, I'm sure that there will be other countries that, that follow suit as well. It's just how could you risk that at, at this point? It's just um, – to me, the Olympics can be this, this gigantic celebration of when life is – you know, I don't even want to say back to normal, whatever life is at some point when this is curbed, but that's not going to be this summer. Like that to me is maybe summer 2021 is what we're looking at. But um, anyway, that's a whole different discussion. Impact Wrestling, uh, they have not commented officially about the status of this rebellion pay-per-view, but Terminal 5, which is the venue, as well as the uh, the ticketing site have both listed that it's canceled. So that I think is expected. And it makes it difficult because all their TV for the next month is leading up to this pay-per-view and it's kind of – you're just caught in a difficult position. Like do you, you've shot the TV. You've spent all the money on producing this TV. Uh, do you just go ahead and, and run your two hours every week even though it's not leading to a pay-per-view? I mean in their situation, I think the answer is absolutely yes. You know, um, I feel like the TV – might even be worth more than the actual pay-per-view, really. Like if you're access, if you're Anthem running access, you 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 really need all this stuff. You know, you're not just going to shelve um, some episodes of, of Impact simply because the pay-per-view isn't going to take place at that point in time. It'll take it'll take place at some point, but I think more. Yeah, more it's than- like all these all these angles. I mean, they can have a payoff. We just don't know when the payoff is going to be. Like. Rebellion won't take place that day, but all these matches can be done. It's just a question of you get to th- that final TV, and then you've you just got to pretty much put these programs on hold till you're ready to come back. So that maybe they're thinking about all of this. I mean, who knows? Uh, who knows if they'll have they announced another set of tapings yet? Empty arena or whatever? They have not announced any. No. Right. So I mean, I'm uh, sure they're even just scrambling to figure out what to do. You know. With your next television period, but until then, I think they need to fill out these weeks of TV, especially if they've already paid and gone through the effort of shooting them. Ring of Honor has just stated like they aren't running anything through the end of May, and yeah, that's that's the latest on on those companies. Uh, Suwama won the Triple Crown title earlier today, defeating Kento Miyahara. So the story was that Kento Miyahara had he he has held this title for since October of 2018. Had he won today, he would have tied Masawa's record for the most Triple Crown title defenses. So Suwama ended that by regaining the championship. And Miyahara, given his age, I mean, he will blow through that that record. But they're going to do that, I guess, at a later date. So I haven't seen the match yet, but I'm, I'm sure it was something. So um, more notable, the fact that All Japan did run Cork and Hall today. And it looks like they're going to do their champion carnival tournament. 
What was? How did it look in terms of attendance? I I did not see it. Um, the listed attendance, and this might uh, fluctuate. I believe it was just over a thousand mm-hmm. was listed. Um, okay. Striga here has it listed at one thousand two hundred and thirteen fans, no vacancy. Yeah, yeah, that's yep, that's that's Corcoon. Yeah, and last thing here, Dana White. Do you want to know the latest in the chronicles of Dana White? Honestly, not really, but okay. Yeah. Well, his final, uh, his latest update is that he has 99.9% found a location for Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson, but he's not telling anyone where it is, but it's going to be a full card. So that's his tease. He's not telling anyone where it is. Okay. Yes. He's keeping it a secret, but he's 99.9% has a location. All right. Yep. This guy. This guy's been hell bent on doing it. Um, maybe his own house. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Khabib is now in Russia. Khabib's left San Jose and he's now in Russia. Really? Okay. And he said that Khabib's hitting him up constantly, asking where's the location, where's this fight taking place. So it might not be in the U.S. It might be just on like maybe some remote island somewhere. I think it'll have to be outside of the U.S. I don't know how many places you can find in the in the U.S. beyond that. Um, well, even the the reservation that he had found in in Oklahoma, they they ended up having to pull it out of there after the the public gatherings of ten or more were Trump's uh, advisory. So maybe a boneyard. You tried that? <laughs> the boneyard match between Tony Ferguson and Khabib Nurmagomedov. That that might be the answer to all the problems. Maybe on a plane, huh? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Has that ever happened before? A fight on on the air? Well, he said a full card, though. You couldn't fit all those people onto a plane and not be breaking protocol. How? Like, well, what? No, that's not true. Like you, I mean, planes are still flying in the air, and there's there's no protocol for that limits the number of passengers. Is there? Well, how does that work out? Like, are there flights right now? Fifty or more people? Like, uh, what, I'm what? sure there are. Yeah. So how does how does that how does that pass by? Is well, it just I mean, the airlines a- are ignoring it? I mean, it's a plane. Like, what can you do, right? I mean, this is an advisory. It's not like it's a law that you can't have more than 50. It's just people are, yeah. you know. It's an extenuating circumstance. I mean, you know, even like we have a, we have buses. Can are, are they limiting people to... Uh, maybe they are, actually. I don't even know. I, can't I, really I, went, out, yeah. I went out today just to... Um, I was going to go to the grocery store, and I went by. And first of all, outside the grocery store, there was a lineup... And it was not a long lineup, but everyone was six feet apart from each other, Great. waiting to be allowed in. And I just wasn't even going to bother. So I turned oh, yeah. around, and as I was leaving, I saw a site I've never seen in my life. Inside the LCBO, it was completely empty with one employee in there. And that was oh. it. Okay. An essential service, by the way. Yes. Yeah, we have had an emergency shutdown. But LCBO and beer store are considered, uh, they will be open. A lot of things are actually considered essential services. There's, I, I saw the list. It was very it's quite long. a list. Yes. Yeah. I will so. tell you, if they had closed down, if they had announced that in 24 hours the liquor stores are closing, there would have been a stampede of people going there. I imagine that must have been part of the idea. I, I would imagine it would be. Like, I kind of understand that line of thinking because if you're giving people less than 24 hours notice that... There's no alcohol during this crisis. Good did luck. you hear that? Did you hear that Labatt has been uh, repurposing their distilleries to create hand sanitizer? 
Really? No, yeah. I had not heard that at all. Yeah, they tweeted that out. Wow. I saw, I just saw a thing about um, a stadium in Sao Paulo, Brazil, that is converting itself to an open air, like medical facility. Mm-hmm. For people. Yeah. Yeah, we need that. We need a lot of stuff. I think mm-hmm. the message coming out of this weekend is that if you think this is intense, this is not enough. No, look to Italy, everybody. That's intense. All right. On that note, um, you can get all your latest updates at postwrestling.com. We move over to Raw, our second Raw from the empty performance center. Um, as they embark on their week of tapings that are going to include uh, the next two weeks of Raw plus WrestleMania still to come on this, the docket this week. This is WrestleMania week. We are in WrestleMania week, everybody. It's 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 WrestleMania week. And the main event of WrestleMania is going to end. And probably less than 100 people are going to be aware of it at that time. I'm really curious to know how well they'll be able to keep these spoilers from coming out. Considering that they'll be shooting the edition of Raw and two nights of WrestleMania. And it'll be, what, like two weeks away? So... We'll, yeah. we'll see. Raw kicked off on this very important day of March 23rd, 2020, because Bret Hart it's Brand- Steve Austin. It was Bret Hart and Steve Austin's famous uh, I Quit match, but it was also Brandon from New Jersey's birthday. Whoa, that is right. <laughs> well, happy birthday to a legend. Which is appropriate, because when he calls in... There's times that I think Way is ready to submit. <laughs> I'm about to turn heel. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I imagine Brandon. Uh, I've never, I've never met the man. I've never seen the man because he's never come out here to Toronto. I would imagine he's got a, a build like Ken Shamrock, wouldn't you think? Um, he's certainly dangerous. He is the world's most dangerous caller. Yeah. Happy birthday, Brandon. Show opened up with uh, the comments from Paul Heyman. Going through Lesnar's history of the past eight, 18 years, he said the list of Lesnar's victims is endless, uh, but he ended the list after about nine. Then we had Drew McIntyre, his comments from last week, and then we go into the arena. And wait, what did you see when we went inside the Performance Center? I saw a ring and a hard camera directly facing the stage. Not so hard of a camera, was it? Looks like this thing can move. <laughs> yeah, they uh, definitely, I don't think this would have occurred without the comparisons to Dynamite. Because seeing Dynamite do it, it looked way better, and Raw took the advice. Is this reflected on SmackDown? Yes, I think so. I think it's reflected on WrestleMania. I think it'll be this way from this point on out. I hope so. Yeah. Did, did, yeah. It, did it make a big difference for you? Mm. I, thought it lo- I thought it looked better. I think it looked better. Yeah. I mean, a big difference. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, not a huge difference. I mean, in the end, it's still an empty arena show, but I think you're less reminded that they're, it's an empty arena show because they don't really show the seats at all. Now. I think it, I, I think it was a, a necessary move, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I was glad. I am just glad that they were open to the idea of change. Mm-hmm. It took them, you know, they didn't change on SmackDown, but they did change here. So credit to Paul Heyman explains that we are living in uncertain times, but Lesnar is that certainty. He can do anything he wants. He can go to the gym, which I don't know if he should be right now. Drew cannot beat Brock at WrestleMania, which Paul squeezes in that it's too big for one night. They have just 
beaten this slogan into our conscious? I mean, the slogan is true. It is too big for one night. That's not necessarily a good thing, though, because the past WrestleManias have all been too big for one night, yet they decided to cram it all into one night anyway. That's why they've been such lackluster experiences. So this year, they, you know, they at least recognize that it's too big for one night, so they split it into two nights. I think all WrestleMania should be split into two nights because they'll probably all be too big. I'm anxiously awaiting WrestleMania 37. One night, we're good. No, eventually, eventually you get too big for two nights. Like a three-night WrestleMania. WrestleMania. It goes on and on and on. <laughs> the marathon. So he says that um, from there, he says that God's prayer line is only going to give Drew a busy signal right now. Lesnar will make it quick, but not painless. And brings up the attack in Brooklyn by Drew, putting Lesnar on his back three times, and he will be able to headline Drew for years to come just because of the fight he brought to Brock Lesnar. But after WrestleMania, Drew will be just another bitch that tried. And correct me if I got this quote mangled. Just another wannabe that got douched out. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> I listened to this twice, okay? Correct me if I am uh, wrong. You know, I, I wasn't paying such close attention to um, to be able to say whether you're right or wrong. I'm just going to say you're right because I think that's hilarious. Say it again. You heard it the first time. No, I said... I, I, uh, you're too what? I mean, he's he's What's commenting he about the man uh, spraying or showering with water. Douched. Yeah. Sorry, what was the what was the line again? Like I don't, I'm not even trying to get you to say it. I just want to actually know. Just another wannabe that That's got douched out. Kind of get douched out. So he's gonna get flushed away via douche. It's a, yes. It's a, it's a <laughs> so where are these wannabes trapped? Is where I want what I want to know. A douche is a device used to introduce a jet of water to the inside of a part of the body so it can be washed. Douching is done for either medical or hygiene reasons. So this was actually a PSA from Paul Heyman during this crisis. I've not necessarily heard the CDC recommend douching as a way to combat the the current pandemic, but I guess it can't hurt. Um, All right. Well, brilliant line, I think. So so look at Paul Heyman. He's, He's advocating for douching in 2020. Let's you, ever, you ever see uh, commercials for uh, like the nose douche douches, like the Navage? You see Navage? Yeah, I used to work at a place that aired those things twenty four seven for like eighty years. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we did. We did air Navage ads. Navage. Yeah, you'd put this thing in your nose. God knows what the hell it did to you. Didn't look. Didn't look sanitary. It flushes out your your mucous membranes. Yeah. Hey. As WWE is is clearly listening, uh, we go to the News Slam. No more Saskatoon show we're promoting. They just made Scott Stanford plug the network. All right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they were necessarily just listening to us. I'm sure they were listening to anybody who watches this on in Canada. Us. But it was getting a little ridiculous, right? Because it, it had been, what, 
It's just silly. It's like these these shows aren't happening. Like why why are we even promoting these? Mm -hmm. Anyway. Then they re-aired Brock Lesnar, John Cena, and Seth Rollins from the 2015 Royal Rumble. I remember this being an awesome match at the time. Oh, yeah. I did not not rewatch it tonight, but um, it's a great match if you want to go back when, you know, that was 2015 was a great year for Cena, and Lesnar and Rollins were tremendous in that match. Um, That, this match was a large reason why I was looking forward to Lesnar and Rollins last year at WrestleMania, and then they went two minutes. But anyway, Mm -hmm. it's a great match if you've missed it, and now you can watch it for free. Yeah, Rollins had the briefcase at the time. He didn't cash it in. I mean, this was not a cash-in challenge, but he would go on to cash it on Brock and Roman at Mania. But yeah, this was a good three-way. And I I think um, rather than I I would say maybe some of the previous matches that they've aired, which I think had direct implication on story, this was really just a a match that they showed because it was a good match and it took place at a WrestleMania. Um, and it was a good, oh wait, not this one. This was a rumble match, but I guess it, it was just a match that featured your, your top stars that are currently still employed. So, yeah. The OC came out. Um, AJ reminded us how big this WrestleMania is. He doesn't care if the match with the Undertaker's on Saturday or Sunday. He's not sure when Michelle's going to let Undertaker out of the house. And they, he tries to describe the stretchy pants that the Undertaker wears. You know the kind when you're pregnant? Anderson suggests diapers. He says, no, 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 not diapers. And Gallows pipes in, maternity pants. Yeah, maternity pants. And AJ then goes to compare him to the goth version of Dog the Bounty Hunter or Tiger King. Dude, this promo was dying a death at the beginning of this. It was so bad, you know, crowd or not. Um I, it was I, worse with no crowd, but it was. It, this was some pretty awful dialogue. Well, I mean, I almost get the sense that he was doing it intentionally, like he was. He's trying to be kind of this like uncool guy. I don't know. I'm not sure. I didn't. I didn't know what the Tiger King was, and I looked it up, and it's evidently oh, like that. Oh, this thing is the big phenomenon on Netflix right now. It is the next big Netflix crime drama. Have you seen it? I haven't watched it yet, but I probably will. Apparently, he's a Jim Duggan fan. The Tiger King. Yeah. Of all wrestlers, Jim there's Duggan? A, there, there's, a fo- there's like an 8x10 of Jim Duggan in the background of one of his uh, on-camera interviews. No I way. Saw, wow. I just okay. saw a screen grab of it. But everyone's everyone's talking about this thing. So um, I almost feel like a resistance to like not, not feed into the hype and put this off watching it. We'll catch it eventually. But yeah. Uh, Tiger King reference here on Raw. Undertaker has a Twitter account. AJ points out. And we get the airing of Undertaker and Michelle McCool with the Tiger. And I was just glad this made its way onto the USA Network. And AJ asks, who is this man? This is when this promo I thought kind of turned around. And he says the Undertaker has not been the same since the streak ended. He wanted to take a, a Undertaker's soul, but Michelle beat him to it. This, is, this guy's out there posting selfies on Instagram. I don't want Mark Calloway, the Twitter poster. I want Undertaker from yesteryear. And I'm going to bring back the dead man in your specialty. I literally wrote down casket match. And then he says, a boneyard match. I was like, what is going on? A boneyard match <laughs> at WrestleMania. It's like, of course, of course, WrestleMania, the first ever boneyard match. Yeah, we'll see what this means. Um, 
you know, really, I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm still a little bit surprised that the Undertaker, who I think for years and years we've kind of considered somebody to be uh, among the most pr- protective of who they are in real life versus who they are as a character, seeing this, his Tiger video being posted on, I mean, not being aired broadcast on Raw, it really is amazing. But it does, I guess, fit into the storyline, which is AJ talking about a guy who is no he's longer just a the, guy he's just a human he's not the undertaker and to drag the undertaker out he's going to challenge to him to the type of match he's always been known for in his career a boneyard match and it sounds like a match that's going to hide all the limitations taker has and it's just going to be a smoke and mirrors kind of match i don't i don't really expect too much out of this to be honest well, I mean, I think, it'll, you know, when you think of an AJ Styles match, you certainly don't think of a Boneyard match. You don't think of a Cemetery match. You don't really what think of What are you talking any- about? That's exactly <laughs> what I think about. Yeah. You don't think of any, like, sort of, you know, um, Falls Count Anywhere match, which is what this one might end up being. Um, but nonetheless, you know, the, the guy's a bit of a genius, so I'm sure he'll be able to make it work. Let's also remember that we have the benefit of editing with That's these true. matches. Yep, so yep. Taker, I think, will look perfectly fine. And in anything that he's done, like, okay, you don't like the tombstone doesn't look great. Well, redo it. Like they can plan the most elaborate spots and they can, there's probably going to be literal tombstones in this match. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm still not sure. Okay. I still think that there's a chance we'll see airplanes, um, in the background here, (laughs) but, uh, we shall see. But you know what I mean is like, since this is a pre-tape match, Taker can like fuck up any sort of, like he can come up with the most elaborate, he could probably do a 6.30, you know, if you wanted to. Just show, shoot it frame for frame. <laughs> he could just, like, you know, he string them up with wires so that he could do a, that plancha if they want to. They can edit it, and it'll look amazing. I think this will be the best ticker match we've seen in decades. What if, what if a red, white, and blue colored plane lands and comes after Undertaker, and the guy tries to land... And it's revealed it's Air Paris coming to help his former tag partner. I think that's a reference five people on this planet would understand and would react to. Um, and that's why they should do it. The reunion of uh, their 2001 WCW run together of AJ and Air Paris. Well, I'm I'm now intrigued to see what this Boneyard match is. I I am predicting that it's going to be Sting and Vampiro, the graveyard match that they had, which was atrocious, and I'm going to expect the WWE version. This this really, they should have just retained Matt Hardy to work Undertaker in a grave in a boneyard match and let Matt Hardy direct it. Like a final deletion type of thing. Yeah, right. Why not? Well, like they have Undertaker, Give Matt Hardy keys to the Undertaker and a Tiger. I'm not concerned. Uh, that would be a really interesting combination, yeah. Do we it get a tiger? The, the tiger eats Matt Hardy, and that's the last we see of him in WWE. That's his write-off. That's right. his bite-off. Charlie is with Andrade, Garza, and Zelina Vega. She starts uh, flirting uh, with Angel Garza, and Zelina says they're the most skilled and charismatic team. The Street Profits won't be dancing around with their titles any longer. They walk off. Garza comes back just to... Just a flirt with Charlie, who's swooning, staring at Garza. And for those on, uh, 
that haven't been following this, uh, Garza and Andrade earned a Raw tag title match by teaming together once and losing to Rey Mysterio and Humberto Carrillo. And they have secured a tag title shot at WrestleMania. They lost that match? They lost that match. (laughs) I looked this up today. They teamed together. Like, on TV, they've teamed together once, and they lost. And Andrade just lost that non-title match to Rey last week. Like, everything was building up for something with Rey and Andrade. Like, that seemed to be some connection that has to be made here. But uh, who knows what Rey's doing? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what limited schedules they might have had with, with everybody traveling and whatnot. So, um, that is true. I yeah. mean, you know, there's, there's going to be certain people not involved at WrestleMania, and that's probably the logical explanation is people that either don't want to be there or can't be there. That's, those are all, you know, relevant possibilities. Mm-hmm. Andrade and Angel Garza versus... Um, I didn't catch these two guys' names. They look like uh, solid up-and-comers. Um, look to be getting a look here from WWE. Maybe uh, potential post-mania signings. Start off in NXT, and who knows where they could blossom into. Um, they look familiar. Yeah. Um, I I only watch TV. I don't watch main events. So I'm not too familiar with these guys. Uh, we we had we had uh, Rick and Cedric. <laughs> And they, they went 20 minutes here. The Street Profits came out on commentary early on, and they did add quite a bit to the environment here. These guys, I thought, I, I didn't really need to hear them on commentary, but I thought the cheering did help. I think they were brought out here much in the same way that Asuka was brought out here uh, for the same reason. And Make noise. Yeah. And these two are great at it. I mean, watching wrestling with these two felt like it was, you know, watching, watching with like two of the louder people in the audience. And they definitely helped. Ricochet and Cedric actually worked really well together here as a team. They were double-teaming Garza. Uh, One sequence ended in a standing shooting star from Ricochet with Andrade saving. They got into, like, all these big near falls. Like, this match was structured to get, like, these big reactions at the end in an empty arena, which I kind of felt funny. And it was pretty much left on Dawkins and Ford to to replicate Mm 6,000 fans reacting to these near falls. Uh, Ricochet gets yanked to the floor. There's a knee strike by Garza. Uh, Ricochet hit the Fosbury flop. They went through two commercials during this break, and it ended with Andrade hitting the discus elbow onto Cedric Alexander. The referee counts two, then holds up on the three because it looked like the shoulder was off, and then he just went and counted three. This thing looked like a mess at the end here, and I guess no one thought to just, let's retape this. Let's redo this finish. So when was the show taped? Oh, you know what? It was. It probably it wasn't, wasn't this live. Yeah, t- yeah. Tonight, tonight would have been probably live. That's mm-hmm. that's probably the the answer to this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was certainly a, not just this, but uh, even a spot earlier with like uh, Angel Garza missing a super kick that with uh, one of the people that was out of position. I mean, a few things were, were there that I think they would have definitely cleaned up that this was taped. But I think this was live, and man, that finish was. Really messed up. I also thought the the thing with the tag rope at the off the top was really oh yeah too. that thing. It was so weird. They like had Garza do a spot where he like wasn't holding the tag rope. So then he moved the tag rope to the corner and like this referee was like became like this shoot referee that was like administering the rules, including on the finish as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the attempt was with with those those uh, little sequences, but. I I thought the, for the most part the action was good. The match itself was fast paced, which is I think what you need with an empty arena. 
I did feel like it was too long of a match to hold my interest. We went like three segments here. Um, if it was like a hotter feud, hotter program, I think maybe. But this is like something. I mean, this was just a match, you know, that back elbow replay, though. Did you see this? Yeah, the Andrade effect. The Andrade effect that resulted in this huge stream of spit flowing out of Cedric's mouth. That was just oh, fucking disgusting. I'm like, glad I didn't see that part. Like, this was just, this was not, this was more than a droplet. This was like, like a pool, like a pool-it. But you know what? That's, they're wrestlers. Like, this stuff is going to happen. Like, oh, this is what course, you're, this is what you're allowing because, that, like, it's not his fault. Like, oh, yeah, I mean. These guys like, are going to perspire. They're going to spit. Like, that's, this is an athletic event that they are participating in. And you're, and he's been out there for 20 minutes. Oh, well, so. yeah. I mean, spit is the least of your concerns when you're, like, you know, putting a guy in a headlock and you're sweating all over each other. It was just quite the visual in, in a replay to focus on. The Street Profits and came to the ring. They fought with Andrade and Garza and went to the break, came back. They made sure to replace Steve Austin kicking Byron Saxton in the balls and making it perfectly clear to us that that's where he got kicked and Tom asking Byron if he's now sterile. Hmm. The Street Profits took on Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink of Evolve. Um, Vink was uh, previously Elliot Sexton, and uh, Vink laid out Ford with this running boot and attacked him with strikes, and they actually got the heat on Ford for, for a while here until Ford hit an Inziguri. Dawkins got tagged for the big hot tag, pounced to Thorne, the twisting avalanche splashes to both men, and then Ford hit from the heavens on Shane Thorne in four minutes and six seconds. Nice, quick little match, keeping the energy very high. Uh, all of these matches, I feel like, are, are somewhat required to, to be sprints, you know, with no dead spots in between for the crowd to fill in. And I thought Ford and Dawkins did a very good job, along with Shane Thorne and Brandon Vick. Then Riddick Moss, this was a video from earlier where he's running in the street. A car pulls up with a referee inside, Riddick Moss stops the referee, and while he's dealing with the referee, R-Truth comes out of the trunk, rolls him up, and pins him for the 24-7 title, and tells Mr. Randy Moss to go back to the Super Bowl. Randy Moss. <laughs> Didn't they give this guy a win over Ricochet? Yep. And he just loses to R-Truth just like any other 24-7 goof via schoolboy. We're just like right back to, it's just the reset button on this 24-7 title. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I don't know. I guess they were trying for a couple of weeks there with Riddick Moss to try to make him something serious, but you know, um, due to circumstances, that's that's clearly over, and they're kind of back to the default, back to the status quo with the twenty four seven belt in our truth. And I would assume he would have some some type of role, some sort of comedic backstage role at on Mania on the Mania tapings. Yeah, I mean, you can just insert those as breaks. Our truth, like navigating the performance center, getting beaten by everyone. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Maybe Gronkowski will win the 24-7 title. Right. Charlie did a sit-down in the ring with Shayna Baszler. It was all dark. She and Shayna looked huge next to Charlie. Yes. Yeah, that? she looked like a monster next to Charlie. I don't know if they, like, positioned the chair a little bit forward to kind of maybe, like, you know, even increase the illusion a little bit more. But, I mean, I mean, it's like, you know, it's the Andre effect, right? Worked here. Charlie said that Shayna might be the most intimidating woman ever in WWE. Baszler points out Charlie's nervous and asks if she thinks she will bite. And she wants that title because she loves to destroy. 
And with the lights so dark, all of a sudden, a chair nails Shayna from behind. The lights come up, and it's Becky Lynch and silence. Like, this would have gotten a huge pop in an arena. It was just so uh, awkward, just the silence here, as Becky just had to stand there and stare at her and then walk up the ramp, and Baszler had to sell, and it's just a hushed silence. I'm kind of used to the silence now. I mean, it's been like almost three weeks, and I almost just kind of look at these more as... Mm. Like watching a play and you're not supposed to react. Like a play or maybe like a TV, like a drama type of thing with no no laugh track or reaction track. That's Um, what Raw needs, a laugh track. Oh, sure. Yeah. Hey, Byron, are you sterile now? (laughs) And it's Vince on the laugh track. (laughs) 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 His balls. Yeah, I, I like Becky coming out of the dark with a steel chair. I think it's, you know, it, it used the setting very well for, for that surprise attack. Alistair Black, uh, another evolved talent, Leon Ruff. Uh, Black just walks him down and then sits down in the center of the ring. Ruff says, what are you doing? Get up. And he goes for a, for a running penalty kick. And Black ducks, kip up, catches Ruff's leg, swings him around into the Black Mass and pins Leon Ruff in a minute. I thought this was a pretty good minute. You know, it felt like a almost like a cool, brief, like kung fu movie action sequence. Dodges a few kicks, like spin kicks. It was nice. Yeah, and I mean, they've peaked this program with Lashley beautifully because I I'm counting down the minutes till this feud finally comes to a head at who WrestleMania. Know, who knows what like their original plan was for Aleister Black? Because um, I. It might have been this Lashley match, but I don't know. Like it, it just it seems like there, there's no grudge at all whatsoever between these it, two. It, it feels like they had. I, I would imagine that a bunch of these loose parts were going to be in the battle royal, and now the battle royals aren't happening. So it's who are the important parts that would have been earmarked for the battle royal that we'll find new spots for, perhaps. And I don't know what Alistair Black's role was going to be, but. You know, of that battle royal, maybe there were like three or four people that we're going to find different spots for, and the others are going to be, you know, just off the card. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. So this will just be another match to fill out the card, and I would assume a, another big win for Aleister Black. Kevin Owens is in the ring, and he calls out Seth Rollins. Rollins comes out and says that this place is really nice. He didn't train here. Mentions Owens' comments about earning his job here and creating memories. Rollins says, this place didn't exist when I arrived, but it was built on my sacrifice and success. My first day in WWE was in a dilapidated warehouse, and everything that I did before didn't matter, is what I was told. My whole life's work up in smoke. I had to suffer and persevere, not just for myself, but for people like you, so you could get an opportunity. I rebuilt the system from the ground up and was trying to do that here on Raw. Before me, NXT, or without him, NXT doesn't exist. The PC doesn't exist. There's no Gargano, no Ciampa, no Undisputed Era, no Women's Evolution, no Kevin Owens. And brings up his track record at WrestleMania. I've won the IC title there, the Universal title. I beat Brock Lesnar. I beat Triple H. I cashed in the Money in the Bank contract. And your record at WrestleMania is failure after failure after failure. And how about last year, Kev? Oh, yeah. You weren't even good enough to be on the show. You can't beat me on my worst day 
And WrestleMania is never my worst day because under pressure, I become a god. This was an awesome promo from Seth Rollins. I thought it was like Rollins' best promo since he developed this new character. It told a story that was based in his own reality, uh, based on statistics, you know, uh, very well thought out, delusional, but well thought out heel retort to Owen's promo last week. Owen, like Owen said, you know, he has home advantage. Rollins says he was the reason the home was built in the first place, which I think is just great. This was a great, great thought out promo. I love like the wording of it that you can't beat me on my worst day and WrestleMania is like my best day. It's Mm -hmm. this was like one of Rollins better promos in a long, long time. It it felt like the most he kind of. Like, he utilized, like, this new character, but had, like, some substance behind it instead of just, like, the, the parody, like... Preacher. Uh, preacher, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just thought he hit it out of the park with this. I was really impressed with this promo. Very well thought out, very well researched, really. I'm sure the guy had to go through Wikipedia to look at all Kevin Owens' mat, uh, cage match record or something like that. Uh, but, you know, this was a promo that I thought would have worked whether if you're in front of 10,000 fans or no fans at all. He was very, you know, it was a well-written promo, and I thought it was well-delivered, too. Yep, one of the best things on the show, I thought. They re-aired Charlotte and Asuka from WrestleMania 34, and then Charlotte was asked by by Charlie to react to the match, and she said, It was inspiring. Rhea probably wants to be just like me. I ended Asuka's streak. I am the masterclass of making history. At WrestleMania, I've retired the Divas title. I headlined the show last year, and then way, I listened to this line three times, okay? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Maybe I missed something here, okay? But I swear this is what it sounded like, that at WrestleMania, I will be the first woman to become the NXT Women's Champion. Well, what she, she, you know what she means. She, She wants to be the first person to win the NXT Women's Championship at WrestleMania. Oh, the first woman to be okay. Because I was listening to this, and it was one of those where I'm listening to this, and I realize I'm just not. I'm missing something here because this can't be what it sounds like. Because it sounded to be like I'm going to be the first woman to win the NXT Women's Championship, but at WrestleMania, she means at WrestleMania. Okay, yeah, a little clunky of a sentence. Would you See, not give me I, that? I thought I thought you were gonna like talk about douching again or something. Not not here, but I'm glad you uh, made more sense of this because I was really stumped on this one. <laughs> Did you watch the promo for NXT this week? Yeah. <laughs> the best comedy of the week. It's the whole recap of Chomp and Gargano brawling all over the PC, destroying it from a few... Was it... Yeah, it was the PC that they destroyed a few weeks ago. And the the narrator goes, Chomp and Gargano have gone too far and now they must answer to triple h <laughs> it's like they're being brought to the principal's office i thought i dude i howled when i heard that line <laughs> it's like they're being brought to detention i mean that's randy that, orton that's his role it's i guess it is principal hunter last segment of the night is randy orton who comes out and he says that he has said and done things that have been misunderstood but have come from a place of love but taken as an act of brutality. Three weeks ago, he lied to Beth Phoenix when he said that Edge was a junkie for the roar of the crowd. 
He's not. He's a junkie for his ego. Adam Copeland is a junkie for Edge. And he admits, yes, I was handed an opportunity because of who I was and what my last name is. But my last name did not guarantee a Hall of Fame career. One year after I was called up, I won the Intercontinental title. Which he could have added in here. He beat Edge for. Did he not? Oh. Was it? No, no, no. I have it. He beat Van Dam. He lost it to Edge. So maybe better not to bring that up. Um, He goes on to say a year after that, he won the world title. Was definitely not mentioning who he beat for that title. He says that Foley did not pass any torch to him. He spit in his face. He took the torch. And I have grit. These two, their favorite word in this program, grit. He said, having grit isn't sitting at home for nine years asking what if. Grit to him is having longevity, something that isn't plentiful in this industry. He looks around in the locker room and he doesn't see anyone that has accomplished as much as he has. And no one has as much grit as I do, including you, Edge. And then brings up Edge as the ultimate opportunist who would have done the same as him, joining Evolution if Hunter had invited him. I love Edge. He loves his family, loves his daughters. That's why he sent their father back home. And Edge might be writing the story, but I'm going to write the last chapter and end it as he accepts the last man standing match at WrestleMania. And Tom Phillips caps off this promo and this edition of Raw with the question, who has more grit? Oh, yes. Um, too much grit for one night. An eye grit match. <laughs> Excellent. I thought this was a great promo for Randy. It was you know? very good. This Much- guy's been the MVP of WWE for WrestleMania, the build-up to WrestleMania. Absolutely. Uh, I, you know, much like the Seth Rollins promo, I thought this was, again, very well thought out from Randy Orton. Um, yes, he was given that opportunity, but he took it and did more with it than most people could have, is what he's trying to say. You know, everything he see, he said here was just a well-thought-out retort to all of Edge's points. Randy's argument that grit means to him you know, something different than what it means to Edge, I thought was really captivating. Um, I really like the pace of the program, how, you know, uh, one week somebody delivers this excellent promo, another week Orton comes back with another great promo because I think everything has been so good. To me, the MTD Arena setting has not hurt this feud at all. No, no, not for this program. I thought um, this has been the best built program. To be honest... Like, this is something where you're not structuring WrestleMania for pay-per-view buys in terms of what you're promoting as the main event. You're not structuring the card of what is the audience going to be most up for after seeing such a long show. This really is a a mania where whatever you want to say is, quote-unquote, the main event that goes on last on Sunday night, it's the year you can make it the most merit-based and this, to me, is the main event of WrestleMania that I think should be the featured match at the end of the weekend. Well, what are the other candidates here? Bro- I mean, Brock and Drew. Probably. Brock and Drew will definitely headline at least one of the shows. The other show... I, I think Reigns and Goldberg is going to be extremely tough in this setting. Mm, it's going to be short. In tough in what it, way? Like, what's, what's the measuring stick? Because the crowd's not going to be there to shit on it. Um, the crowd's not going to be there. T- to me, watching a Bill Goldberg match without a crowd sounds like an awful idea. 
Um, I at least want a match that at least I think you want people engaged and compelled by that. I would put all the stock in Edge and Orton over um, <laughs> Goldberg and Reigns. I um I don't know about that myself because I think as much as I've enjoyed Randy Orton in this setting, when it comes to in ring, I'm not as confident. You know, I'm not as confident, especially if this is going to be a long match between Edge and Orton without a crowd. I'm not as confident that this will be thoroughly as captivating. How long do you think it goes? I think they'll go at least 15, maybe 20. I think um, it has to go. To, I think it has to go. I would say in a, in a normal setting, I would think this would be going close to 30 in front of a crowd. Yeah. I think without it, I still think it has to go 20. I think so too, because it's just, I mean, it is the hottest program going to WrestleMania, but I'm not as confident, to be honest with you, of like a Randy Orton 20 match, even if it is a really hot program with Edge. I just feel Edge is going to strip away everything of what this WrestleMania is. I think at its core, you're still getting to see Edge do his first real match since 2011. There's going to be an anticipation all weekend of here in these unbelievable circumstances, Edge, who is a guy that is revered by people for his match layout, what what are Edge and Orton going to plan for their match? And the idea of Edge going and ending the show with a big victory, I think it's going to send people off WrestleMania on a positive note. And it's, you know, not to say that there's other matches that can't do that, but I, I really feel these guys have earned that chance to be the main event. And there's really no other factor other than, I mean, the viewer at home who's watching this. And I think that this, this would be the match I would end the weekend with. I mean, I think the factor is Vince and I think who he sees. Um, personally, I think with the amount of push that I'm seeing Goldberg and Roman getting on, on the promotional materials and commercials and whatnot, I, I see that one ending it. But I think this will be a very solid semi-main. Um, and I'm not so sure Edge wins. Uh, he could lose. And you could do that story that here's the guy that was gone for all this time and he comes back and he can't, he can't beat someone who's a regular, full-time, top guy. Yeah, I'm not so sure he even should win. Yeah, we'll see. I uh, well, I can't see them ending WrestleMania without like uh, w- with Randy winning. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm uh, hoping that we get the. I, I would I would think that they're going to announce like what's on which night rather than just tune in and you'll see what's find yeah, out when you tune in. That would in. be awfully rude. You know, thinking that you might see a certain match, but not not knowing when. They should make that like a Raw and a SmackDown. Maybe even like start at this SmackDown. Like we're going to announce night one on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that really kind of eliminates the need for a night two. But make one of your episodes like the reveal of what's going to be on which night and sprinkle it out throughout the show. Like I think that would hold someone for two hours just to see what the cards are going to be for WrestleMania weekend mixed in with your matches and promos. We'll see how they handle it. Um, I think it, it, it might be very likely they don't even know themselves right now yet. Well, I guess they will by the time that, that it's recorded. But who knows if they'll like play around with the match order after taping. They could do that. Yeah. Once they tape it, it's like they're they're not if you tape it this week and then come like they've already shot raw, so these would have to be it would have to be like inserted, like those announcements and stuff. So um hmm. yeah. We'll we'll see Scott, what they do. Scott Stanford would tell us. <laughs> hey Canada. <laughs> it's not going to be in Saskatoon. <laughs> um that was raw. I would say um 
a better effort from WWE when it comes to one of their empty arena shows. Um, really, though, it was the promos that were the standout for me with Rollins and Randy Orton. Those, to me, were the two signature points. And to a lesser degree, Heyman as well on the show, too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just the setting or the fact that I think people are definitely taking more time to think about the writing of the show, perhaps thinking about, you know, uh, proper retorts to certain promos that took place the week prior. But I thought both Randy and Seth had really good showings on the microphone this week. Um, in the promos the match, are so much better in this setting, in WWE, at least. Kind of, eh? I yeah. think so. I think by and large that you're going to have some some duds in this setting, like AJ's Tiger King promo. The beginning of that was pretty cringe. Um but I think by and large, I think without having to have the crowd as a as a factor, I think mm-hmm. that and and it does feel like it's more dialogue heavy, but also you don't feel like it's the WWE kind of dialogue buzzwords that are in there that just kind of take you out of it instead of this it's like they're using a lot of reality for these promos to kind of draw you in and it's i think that overall it's it's more than just the setting i think also it's it's the content as well that they have to work with Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah those two were were definitely the highlights i mean the matches were for the most part just kind of matches that were there um nothing all that memorable and really just you know the bigger announcements i guess on this card were the boneyard stipulation and a few additional matches that they added. The Boneyard. I love it. Well, um, tonight we only have a few pieces of feedback. Uh, tonight's show from the forum. at no, forum. I, think, I think people have given up on these shows. They might. They may have. Uh, we'll see. 6.67. So we're all get to pass tonight. Johnny writes, Surprising to me, I've actually become quite accustomed to these shows just for the promos being cut in this intimate type of setting. I would never usually take in anything that guys like Randy Orton and Seth Rollins would say on any normal show, but I found myself hooked on every word they've been saying lately, especially Seth. I thought he had the promo of the night. I don't think I've ever heard him cut anywhere near of a promo like that before. They've taken the formula that works so well on Talking Smack and used it as a template for these shows, and I applaud them for it. Do you see elements of Talking Smack in, on this on this show? I can see what he's saying that on talking smack, there were times when the ball was just given and you could cut a promo and you didn't have to worry about playing to the crowd or pauses or anything like that. It was just an intimate environment to deliver your message. And there were varying degrees of that on talking smack, but there was, there was that kind of unifying comparison point between this, where it is kind of like a monologue for a performer to, just deliver it and not be not having the crowd as a factor. It's interesting. I do wonder for the performers how it differs, you know, t- cutting a promo like we saw tonight in front of an audience and one without an audience is one. Would it be easier to not to do it without an audience? I wonder. We got to Andrew from Cape Breton who says these shows are weird still, but nothing much else to do. I could watch Raw or I could continue my losing streak playing Pokemon. So Raw it is. I'm wondering if the general praise of AEW last week changed up how WWE shoots their shows. The tag matches were a bit interesting tonight and did have two teams in completely different spots. The two Australian guys, Brendan Vick and Shane Thorne, could be something to put on the main roster after this whole mess is sorted out. And they both look pretty good. But Cedric and Ricochet, I haven't seen a fall that bad since my ranking on the Master Ball tier leaderboards on Pokemon. Actually, I'm just joking. I haven't plummeted as bad as them. 
Orton also cut a great promo. I would love to see more of those when things go back to normal. 5 out of 10 show. And if you guys have any extra money, look into a Nintendo Switch. It's good to keep you entertained. <laughs> All right. Well, there's some, uh, some great advice for everybody out there, uh, courtesy of a Nintendo Switch. All right. Well, that was Raw for Monday night. Way and I are going to be back on, on Tuesday night. We've got Ask Away coming. So if you want to get in some last-minute questions, forum.postwrestling.com. You can post them in the thread, and we'll be going through all of your questions. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. What do you plan for Tuesday beyond uh, chatting with me and answering questions? Anything uh, in particular? Tuesday. I got a call with uh, Robert Brocky, uh, the postmaster himself. Oh, okay. So we'll be um, doing that. And then... Maybe I'll catch up on uh, some more wrestling. I wonder if um, Dark Side of the Ring will be up on Crave yet by that point. What time is it supposed to be on Crave? Um, 10 o'clock. Uh, 10 o'clock, I think, is what they were advertising in the press release. But that may be the, the Benoit thing starts at 9. So 10 o'clock is their time slot starting next week on Vice TV. So I don't know if it'll be up on Crave at what time? But the press release was mentioning it would be on Crave. I know some people have been asking if that was in in fact the case. Right. Oh, yeah. I also remember tomorrow after I record with you, uh, we're actually our friend Phil Chertalk is hosting a soft launch of a game night on our new Discord channel. So if you're interested in that, we're not making a big deal out of it just yet. Just you know, we're, we just want to see and test how this how this goes. But if you are interested, if you are a Discord member, or if you want to try out this thing, it is uh, all the information is up at forum.postwrestling.com under the thread Post Wrestling Game Night. We have our own Discord server where you can join to chat with other postmarks, uh, and it's really interesting because we'll be able to play this game. The first game that we're doing this week is the Jackbox Party Pack, featuring a number of like you know word games like you don't know jack uh drawful things like that and all of this stuff is being hosted through the server where you don't actually need to own a nintendo switch or any other programs you just have to have be in front of your computer and you can play with other people online so we've already got a lot of people in this discord so thank you to anybody who's who signed up so far uh john and i uh, um we'll be recording from like seven to nine this thing starts at eight so after we record I, i hope to drop by to just you know, hang out with everybody. Well, we're uh, looking forward to that. So that that sounds very cool. So uh, stay safe, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate uh, all of you just uh, downloading the show, listening, following along uh, as we ramble. So that's it for us. Postwrestling.com is where you can check out everything. And that's it. Good night.